0: Well, I have a message tonight that uh, I heard a preacher say that recently that God riveted the message to his heart. (laughs) And uh, if I understand what that means, I believe that God riveted it to my heart for this evening. This message. I've never preached a message like this that I'm aware of, that I can recall. Um... but uh, want and need God's help this evening you know uh, maybe some of you have followed along a little bit with the uh, Bible Methodist 21 days of prayer they have it on Facebook I don't know if they do it other other places or not but there's a focus on prayer as was mentioning it's necessary prayer changes things I remember hearing my grandparents talk of the Bald Eagle Valley Prayer Band back in the days before I was born. That uh, they would come together on Sunday afternoons and pray, read the scripture, pray, close down a number of saloons and dance halls and all sorts of things that were uh, either open in their area or would pop up in their area just different things that uh, they prayed closed or they would pray even that in the process of being closed some of them would burn down and not reopen and uh, incredible stories of yesteryear but god's still able when we really get alone and get desperate on our knees before god and pray and seek Him and trust in Him, rely on Him. It's a good thing to have these corporate uh, endeavors of prayer, focuses on prayer. Tonight, it's kind of what I'm going to be talking about, only it's in a different area, a different avenue than what I've ever looked at before. Third John, the book of Third John, chapter 1. Or if you prefer looking at chapter two, that's okay too. Third John. If if you want to scratch in there, third John chapter three, I guess that's okay as well. You just take your pick at whatever chapter. <clears throat> Let's bow our hearts and our head before the Lord this evening we need God's divine help father thank you again for your presence tonight thank you father for the songs that we were able to sing together worship the presence of the holy one that would come and help us those words were not just simply words sung but they were words coming from our heart in adoration and worship to you the song that we just heard from the ladies thank you father for that reality as well we're grateful for the opportunity that we've had to be in your house in your presence and now i pray that you would give us that special anointing i can't do this i can't preach this at all without your help i need your divine touch I pray that you would open our hearts and our ears collectively as well, that we would be able to receive, that you would have us hear what you want us to hear. Help us in our life and in our walk with Christ. Bless our homes, I pray. Bless our families, our young families, these that are embarking on Starting their family and marriage this summer, this year, bless them, I pray. Work in each of their lives for Jesus' sake. We give you the praise, Amen. <clears throat> Third John, verse number four. I have no greater joy than to hear. That my children walk in truth. I've had a whole new picture and reality of that verse. Perhaps more clearly ever than ever before in the last you know, five years, six years of my life. I have no greater joy. Now, now the context here more than likely has to do with spiritual children. But I don't think that it's limited to spiritual children. I believe that it also includes our biological or adoptive children. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Another translator said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are living in obedience to the truth. Living in obedience to the truth. Now here's the question I want to pose this evening. A couple of questions to start off with. Number one, the first question that I want to ask all of us, even if you're a grandparent or a great-grandparent, even if you're a wannabe parent and anybody in between, I want to ask you a question do you pray for your children do you pray for your children how do you pray for your children I want to encourage you this evening, I want to encourage all of us that have either a hope of being a parent or that are a parent or grandparent or great-grandparent that we take up the responsibility to be a prayer warrior for your children. One of the biggest things that stood out in my mind at my grandfather's grave, my dad's dad, the one that I had walked in on a number of times as he and grandma were praying at the close of the day, and I would hear them call out their families' names in prayer, and I heard them call out my name, which stood out way lo- louder, way more, more clearly to me than anybody else that they called out. It was when they called out my name. And I stood at my grandfather's grave, and I said to myself, who is going to pick up the mantle and pray for me the way Pap did? I said something to my dad at a later point, and he said, son, I'll do my best to pick that mantle up. My dad's gone now. He's not praying for me. Now, I believe that there's prayers bottled up. He's not here to pray for my kids or my grandkids. Who's going to pick up the mantle of being a prayer warrior for my kids, so that I can continue to experience that there's no greater joy than that my children walk in obedience and that their children walk in obedience to the truth. Being a parent, nobody gave me the... uh, well, you know, the the manual, when I got married or when I got engaged, nobody handed it to me and said, here's the manual on how to raise a kid to, to serve God and to be a godly person. Did any of you get a manual at some point in your early married years that said that? You know, we've, we've heard a lot of things and we've, we, you know, this person says this and this person wrote that and, and there's all kinds of books Sometimes, even as a, a grandpa, my kids are now grown. Now and I'm looking at the grandkids, sometimes I, I still have to wonder, am I doing it right? And I wondered that many, many times as the kids were growing up. Am I doing it right? How do I know that I'm doing it right? Look at my my failure here, my fault over here, my weakness over here, my stumbling over here. I've had to go back and apologize over here or, and over there and, and over there and, and and over there again. How do I know how to pray for my kids? Well, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness. <laughs> he helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I recently heard somebody talking about the, you know, sometimes uh, we may not know how to pray or what to pray for, but sometimes our simple conversations can be prayers, that God hears that simple conversation in prayer. God understands a tear. God understands the groanings that are too deep for words. He can translate those things that we don't even know how to pray about and don't even know how to pray for and what to pray for. Sometimes the only thing that a person, a parent, knows what to pray for, uh, specifically right now is that, is asking God that somehow, some way, someday, my kids will learn to get along, and that just for now, Lord, would you help them behave themselves and get along in the back seat of the van? You ever done that? I remember my mom saying it over and over again, it seemed like. It was always at the point of discipline when she had the paddle out or the brush or the spoon or or whatever, you know, whatever was closest to her. She would say, you boys fight worse than sinner boys. Mom, we are sinner boys. No, it wasn't necessarily funny, but... You know, I know that my mom prayed many a prayer, Lord, help my kids just somehow to get along. Maybe we're focused on that and we forget the big picture that, that as time goes on and as instruction is given, yes, hopefully there's progress in these areas. Now, what is it that you're praying for? What is it that you pray for about your kids or over your kids? I suppose the thing that stands out the most, and it seems as though, that it is the number one, the number one thing that a parent, a Christian parent prays for their child is that is that they will at least in their in their subconsciousness, hopefully it's in the forefront of their consciousness, they will earnestly pray for the salvation of those kids. Pray that they will come to a knowledge, a saving knowledge. That they will experience a divine encounter where they see and they know that they have a need of the Lord's sacrifice. That sacrifice for sins and and that they can confess their sins and they can receive the gift of God of sins being forgiven. Not just a head knowledge. There's far too many Christian kids today that have a head knowledge but not a, a, a heart knowledge. Not a, an experience. We would say an experiential knowledge. Where they have personally experienced in the depths of their soul the reality of sins forgiven. You know riding to heaven on mom and dad's coattail just doesn't work. It doesn't work riding on grandparents' coattails or, or an uncle or an aunt who is a godly person. We must have our children, we must be praying, earnestly seeking God that they will have an early experience of grace in their heart, in their lives. Pray for them that they will have a spiritual hunger for the things of God to, to develop in their own personal lives. Pray that they will embrace the faith. I like that phrase. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that phrase down and, and keep it in my study, I think. Embracing the faith pray that they will embrace the faith you know sometimes we need to be praying for other things more than uh, than the prayer for their 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 salvation that's a good thing that's necessary we must we must do that we, that probably should be number 1 but but then we also should be praying for their for their wisdom that they would have wisdom that we would have wisdom in raising them that they will have developed wisdom in their own lives to make good and right decisions that they will they will they will have discernment to know the difference between right and wrong that they will have discernment to know the difference between right and almost right that may be an area that we fall down on too often we teach them very clearly a lot of times the right from wrong but we have a little bit more difficult time of instructing them uh, between right and almost right giving them instruction that god would give them discernment to know the difference between right and almost right I think it's a big thing for us as parents to pray for our kids and that they would have health. Don't, they, don't we? we? We pray for their health. We want them to be whole. That's one of the first things we look at. When we see a child that is born, we count up their toes and their fingers. And, and we make sure that they're breathing and they have good color. There's so many little things that we, we are anticipating when they're born. And we want that to be. We pray that that will be. Our heart is grieved when there's a health issue that takes place. Praying for health and for safety. We pray for those things. We want our kids to be safe. Safe from harmful influences. Safe from from impropriety. Safe from problematic relationships. The list can go on and on with all these things that we want our kids to be safe from. We want our kids safe. We should be praying for that, or that they will understand the difference between happiness based on circumstances and joy based on their relationship with God. That their relationship with God is more important than circumstances. We should pray for them to understand that true peace can come from God even when all around my soul gives way. We pray for their peace. Well, do you want do you want your children to see the less fortunate and view them with disdain or with compassion? Well, we, then we, we pray for them to develop a heart of compassion. Of course, it takes more than just us praying for them about having a heart of compassion, but we as a parent need to model it in front of them also. I don't know that I really had to say that, but I did anyway. You know, if we're not, if we're not modeling compassion, if we're not sharing compassion with with, with people around us, I still believe that, that our kids don't always catch everything that we try to teach them. But I'm sure that they catch more of what we uh, speak with our voice and don't uh, follow up with our actions. They, they do see that. Do you want them to view the masses as individuals with souls or are they just simply common rabble? Pray that they will develop a compassionate heart, a kind heart, a a considerate heart. We could even pray, and it may kind of encrouch a little bit on our on our own secure position as a parent, but it's good for us to pray that people that God will bring people into their lives that will help them on their journey to heaven and to give them. An understanding heart to see that there's charlatans and there's hirelings who perhaps even come to them in sheep's clothing and can even use the words of angels. But that we're praying for them, that the people that come into their lives, that they can see the, the right ones and, and the stay away from the wrong ones, and the, that the right ones can lead them. And just as another side note, I don't need to say it, but I'm going to anyway, if we've bad that person that God brings into their life to help them, chances are they're not going to respond to that person that came into their lives and there's times that people show up in sheep's clothing and they they can speak like an angel i don't not referring to our angel either i'm talking about a good you know she's a good angel. i'm talking about people that anyway (laughs) that just hit me there i hope she's not I don't know where I'd be today if it wasn't for a host of different individuals that God brought in to my life to bump me, to bump me in the right direction, to bump me in the right direction at different points of my life, at different periods of my life. Not all of them were pastors. You know, the majority of my life growing up, I had, uh, I had one pastor, and it was my dad. So I didn't have a, a, ver- a variety of other pastors to come along and bump me in the right direction, and, I, and I, I had a few Sunday school teachers. You know, we moved around all the time, so I had new Sunday school teachers every couple years, whether I graduated from a class or not. Some of them pastors, some of them Sunday school teachers, some of them laymen. Some of them were good, just good laymen that bumped me in the right direction. I had one specifically that was a public school teacher. Some of you know the name Gurney. Byron Gurney. G- his dad, Jim Bur- Gurney, was my math teacher in public school. God uh, you know, I had, had him bump me in the right direction a number of times. A number of times. Even co-workers on the job and, and co-workers that weren't even holiness people. God used them to bump me in the right direction. Pray for those people that are coming into contact with our kids that they will be able to effectively bump them in the right direction, point them in the right direction. Be there to be that person that they need at that point in their lives. Praying for them. Don't be insecure about that they are taking your place or that they are pressing you into a corner or you, you are being pushed out. No, I wouldn't be so much concerned about that, but that, that God will help them be that position or that person that they need. Someone might say, well, you know, it's, it's way too early to be praying over some of these things. Way too early. Well really when is the best time to begin to pray for the future of our kids unless it's before unless it's before they meet that future because by the time that the kids reach the crossroads of decision it might be in a in a, in a sense too late for prayer now, I hesitate to say it that way because it's never too late for prayer. But the groundwork could have been laid a whole lot better if that would have begun way back before it was needed. Praying for them before they reach that point of need. Pray. I believe that it's good. I believe it's necessary. I believe that we as parents should be praying for the one that I, your child is supposed to marry well you say my child's not even born yet okay I'll, I'll give you a little bit of slack there but how about the moment that child's born oh we can't we, we just need to wait on that well when should we begin when they come home and tell us that they're getting married I don't think so. I don't think that that's the right thing to do. I don't know. I don't know how big of a difference it made. But as I look at the circumstances of my kids, of my children, my boys specifically, and as I talk about this this evening, I was able to say to my daughters-in-law, both of them, that I had prayed for them even before they were born. How could that be? Well, it's because... Either the day my boys were born or the day after, I was already praying for the person that they were going to marry. You know, I didn't know anything about them, did I? Didn't know them by name. I didn't know them by face. I didn't know that one of them was going to have dark brown hair and another was going to have very light brown or blonde hair. I didn't know anything about them. But I began to pray. You know what I find myself doing now? I hold one of these little babies, these little little twins here, and, and I find myself looking into their face and I begin to pray for their future. And that includes, that includes if Jesus tarries and God wills it to happen, they're going to get married someday. God direct them, direct that one, direct and prepare that one. Prepare that one. i said just a couple of weeks ago that it's so important who you marry young people it's so important who you marry and i'm still a believer in it nobody's changed my mind yet if your parents aren't in favor you better stop and reconsider Parents, you better be real serious about finding God's will and making sure I can give you example after example of parents who were just simply going along with the emotion of the child and they approved of it based on the emotion of the child. But then as that marriage began to unfold, it began to break up. I can't give you just simply one example I can give you multiple examples of that very thing that is taking place oh but I had everybody telling me that it was good parents Pray for that family, that couple. Pray for your child. Pray that they will understand. Pray that the, the person that God has prepared for them will grow into that same relationship and knowledge of God's forgiveness and be what your child needs in a, in a spouse, in a, in a marriage. I don't believe that it's too soon. If your child is breathing, start praying that way. If your child is still in the womb, I don't think you're praying too early. That's my personal opinion, but I don't think you're praying too early. I think it's good to pray for the future of your kids. Pray, Pray that the newlyweds understand the changes that take place in life and that it doesn't mean that love ends when there's a change that takes place that we didn't see coming. When Leanne and I began dating, you know, we were at Bible school. We got put on dating rules because we were interested in each other. Dating rules meant that we could no longer talk to each other unless we were on a date. You couldn't even pass off a handwritten note. You had to pass it through somebody else. Well, ridiculous rules just because we're interested in each other well let us get to know each other we never you know it wasn't like we were singling off somewhere and hiding alone we were together with group in a group setting but because we had an interest we uh, i'm getting carried away here i'm real sore about that But I was on the committee that began to change those rules. So I I, I get them thankful for that. But I didn't, when, when we began to date, I didn't know and couldn't even begin. I couldn't even begin to see what a married Leanne would look like. Hang with me here. Married Leanne was different than dating Leanne. Some of you are chuckling like you know exactly what I'm talking about. It didn't mean that I didn't like her, but there were some differences. I didn't know when we began to date or even when we got married what mommy Leanne would look like. And when I say look, not at appearance, but just the the whole picture, the whole scope, the whole situation. Or what Leanne would look like as a mother of a teenage daughter. If you've never been there, I hear some people, I read some people's comments about their, their teenage daughter and how horrific it is. And I'm thankful that we didn't experience that. I don't know what we did right, but we didn't experience that. But she was different. There were some things that were different about her from when we fell in love as a dating couple than what she was as a mother of a teenage daughter or a teenage son. Then the changes came as Leanna in an empty nest. <laughs> All of my kids are gone. Her kids are gone. Phone calls... I'm thankful that we don't have long-distance phone bills at this point in life. Or what Grandma Leanne looks like, looked like. I didn't know those things. What I'm saying is that in each phase or in each period of life, there's some changes that take place, and sometimes people lose sight of the love and the commitment that they had when they got engaged or when they got married, and they begin to fall out of love. What I'm saying is that we need to pray for our newlyweds that they would understand the changes that take place and realize that commitment is what kept married couples as married couples down through ages of time. What about praying that God will make up and be able to make up somehow be able to make up all the failures during raising the children. Maybe you don't experience that. Those of you that have raised your kids and, and they're all serving the Lord. They're all, they're all doing what they should be doing. Maybe you don't look back and realize, that you know, I made some mistakes here. Well, I knew about my mistakes the whole way through. A, a lot of them. Maybe I didn't know about all of them but I knew about a lot of them. But pray that God would somehow be able to make up for those failures and those, those negative times. And as I said, I didn't get an instruction manual. When my kids were, were born, I, I really didn't even get it until... Well, I still haven't got it. <clears throat> I have to wing it. But I'm thankful that God is there to provide what we need. And we should pray for our kids in those, in those areas. Pray for our kids even in the midst of the differences of way that the parents view things. Leanne's upbringing and, and my upbringing are, are similar, but just as much as they're similar, they're far apart. She grew up with friends her entire life. You know, that's one example. She grew up with friends her entire life. I didn't know what friends were all along my life. You know, I went to, I went to first grade with a, with a kid that, that you may know, at least the last name, you may know the Plemons name, Dan Plemons' brother Ernie. He and I were in first grade together. At the end of first grade, we you know jerked out of each other's lives, and we show up in, in freshman class at UBC. Ernie Plemons, yeah, we went to first grade together at Penview. Now we're at, at Bible school at UBC. Tim Wyford's path and my path crossed when I think I was in the eighth grade. So I was, you know, 12 or 13 years old. And and we became friends immediately when our paths crossed. And then just a few weeks, maybe a month or at the most two, I don't remember what the time frame was, jerked out of each other's life and we didn't see each other again until college days when I was a sophomore uh, and he was a freshman. You know, we see things differently because of her upbringing and my upbringing. The way that we view things, the, 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 the tint in the lenses of our everyday look is different because of the things. And so when something happens or when something takes place, something that we're concerned about, we have to come to some kind of an agreement, some kind of an understanding because we're looking at it from two different vantage points. When I saw certain circumstances, I jumped to the conclusion that if that's what's taking place here, then there's something wrong going on here because I'm looking at my life and she's looking at her life and saying, well, that's not what that means at all. pray that god will help make up those areas and bring us to that point where we are able to work together even in and through mistakes that are made god is able to to pick up that slack scripture mentions that we don't know how to pray as we ought how about the possibility that god hears our conversations with our kids our conversation about, about the blessings or the things that we're thankful for, as well as our wishes, that God hears those conversations and he interprets them as prayers. Do we realize, do, do we realize that God listens to us better than Google does? You know where I'm going with that? You know what I'm referring to? Or Facebook? You talk about something, you Google something, and then suddenly you get all these ads Sometimes it seems as though all you have to do is talk about it with your phone in your pocket and then suddenly you open up something and there's an ad for what you were just talking about. Google's listening. Somebody's paying attention. God listens to us better in the common mundane conversations of our lives even when we have mundane conversations with our kids, talking to them about just simply life, good things, bad things. You know, we have to realize, too, that every child is different. Every situation is different. Every crossroad is different. And even if you come to the same crossroad the second time, there's going to be differences even at that crossroad. What does that mean? It means that we need new wisdom. We need new help. We need new grace. We need to be praying for our kids that in these circumstances, God pours out of himself to their thinking and to their thoughts so that they can understand. Mom, maybe I need to speak to moms a little bit more than dads. Every child needs to know suffering in some way. It doesn't hurt them to have a a skinned up knee, or it doesn't hurt them. Please don't anybody hurt me here. It doesn't hurt them to know that there's something inside the the those little slots there that'll send a, a shiver through them, or that piece of wire that goes around the pasture. You know, if we shield them from every little thing of suffering, they don't learn like they really need to learn. How do they learn what hot is without experiencing hot? Now, I'm, trying to be, I'm not trying to be hard. I'm not trying to be harsh or, or uh, uh, uncaring. But our children, our children need to learn suffering because suffering is part of life. Suffering is part of Christian, uh, living a Christian life. Pray for them through suffering. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 17, verse 1, the King James says that it is impossible, but that offenses will come. Another translator said it is inevitable that causes of stumbling should come. Another translation said temptations to sin are sure to come. You know, it doesn't matter to me which one of those translations you want to take and hold or all three of them, but the reality is that offenses and possibilities of stumbling and temptations to sin, they are going to come to our children. And unless we give them tools, unless we pray that God will give them tools to be able to overcome temptations in technology. You can put all kinds of uh, protections and, and guards and, and all sorts of things uh, around, and, and, and all of that stuff can be going on, and there's still the possibility of something happening in a place that you're not prepared for, and you weren't—you uh, were blindsided to—and boom, it happens. Have conversations with your children about offenses and causes of stumbling and temptations to sin. Pray for their discernment for the choices, their choices in daily living. You know, we can build hedges around them, but we must also pray that God will build hedges around them and that God's hedges and our hedges will become their own personal hedges. We must give them instruction on the value of God's hedges. Why is it so important that we teach them that there's value in God's hedges? Because Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 verse 10, The thief cometh not but to, for to steal and to kill and destroy. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The enemy is out there and he's facing every one of our kids. Parents, we need to pray that God's hedge will become their hedge. That Their hedge will be like Job's hedge, that they love God and they hate evil. That they pray with the songwriter, pain me whenever it's near, sin is near. I don't get the exact words in my thoughts right here quickly, but that's the essence Pray, pray that our children will learn to live according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That the peace of God is better than happiness in this life. Or whatever else they argue about, the peace of God rule in your hearts. Parents, then we need to be reminded and remember for ourselves God's promise. Isaiah 41.10, I know it's Old Testament, but it's a good promise to hang on to. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Remember, God's help is not going in to take the test unprepared. But God's help is there to remind us and help us to recall what we've studied for the test. We can't expect God to just step in and take care of all of these things without us doing our part of praying, seeking, communicating, spending time in those things. Let me tell you, according to God's Word, according to personal experience of so many other people, and what I'm learning to experience for myself. Parents, it'll be worth every tear, every prayer, every effort in pointing your children to Jesus in every facet of life if we can come down to the end and say with the writer, I have no greater joy than to know or to hear that my children are living in obedience to the truth. Are you praying for your kids? Are you praying for our kids? Your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, whatever the case may be. Pray. Build a hedge of prayer that they may prosper in the things of God. Would you stand with me tonight? person tells me when to go to the platform at the beginning of the service and i think he told me it's time to quit love my grandson pray that god will help my grandson amen amen brother gibson is there anything greater than knowing that your children walk in truth Praise God. Would you dismiss us in prayer?